0: Passions. This is the latest episode of Passion for Passions where I watch Passions for the very first time and basically have my mind blown. So the episodes we'll be covering today are 361 through 366. A lot happens and also nothing happens as per usual in I suppose any soap opera. But yes I was hoping to uh you know, get to the end of something on one of these episodes, and I kind of did, but uh, other drama that's very huge is just kind of escalating. So I figure there's never going to be an end to the drama, therefore I might as well just, you know, cut this episode now and uh, have it there. So in episode 361 through 366, there were a few main things going on. There is, of course, the continuation of Ethan and Teresa and Gwen trying to figure that out going on. But aside from that, there are other things occurring. There's of course Sheridan being dead and in a coffin, but apparently not dead because she's wiggling her finger and thinking. So that's one thing as well. Big deal there that the fact that Sheridan is not dead as anyone would expect, as I had certainly expected, that there is no way she could be truly gone. And she's not, though maybe she will be soon if nobody notices her wiggling a (laughs) finger. So those were kind of the main things going on. Um, Of course, there's Whitney and Chad where, even though Whitney has multiple times shown, yes, she does care about Chad, yes, she wants to be with him and cares about him, she, her logical mind, simply cannot allow her to. So she continues to rebuff him at every turn and it makes everyone, you know, well, everyone, it makes me feel really bad for Chad. But um, there's that going on. And of course, we also left off with a weird moment where... Oh my gosh, I don't even know how to get into this. I This, this plot point is so strange to me. I mean, yes, so-, so powers are supposed to be weird, but this one's very weird to me. Which is Kay via Hecuba looking like Charity and then having sex with Miguel uh, because uh, she can do that for her soul. Yeah, so these are kind of the main things going on um at this point when I when I jumped into the episodes episode 361 kicked off with a really nice reminder of everything that was happening I mean I assume all the episodes do that normally I mean we just don't notice as as much as this one I kind of took a couple weeks off from passions, so the little reminder recap at the beginning really helped me actually so there you go um yeah so Tautha and Timmy are trying to collect cans to make money because of course the thing about the taxman has come to make them pay their dues since Tabitha no longer has magical powers. And that means she cannot continue to like hide herself from the IRS on their computer, whatever, their database. Um, so yeah, that's happening. And let's just get through... Mm, no, Tabitha intersects with Kay, actually. Well, sure, let's just kind of go through that whole thing. So Tabitha's like, yeah, I need money. Um, while doing this, she runs into Charity. And of course, Charity is has just had a big talk with miguel about sex and teenagers having sex so she wants someone to talk to she's hoping she could talk to aunt grace but aunt grace is not around therefore her neighbor tabitha will have to do to be fair tabitha kind of like prods charity into talking about it um and they basically just kind of have a fake heart to heart about sex and when is it okay to have sex and when is it okay to lose your virginity charity asks when tabitha lost hers or whatever and um tabitha pretends even though we see like footage of her ancient self with the of the hun i think um where she was just a sex crazy teenager whereas what she says to charity is that she is not ashamed to admit that she was a virgin until 30 or something i was like okay funny in many ways uh, i appreciate that um there's no shame, although, of course, Tabitha was not. But it's it's nice. Um, But the reason she's doing this and trying to sway Charity towards not having sex for a reason, I, I kind of forgot. Initially, I'm like, why does she care? Or is this Tabitha being genuine? But I realized, oh, no, it's not. Because if Charity and Miguel, like, fall fully in love or something, then Tabitha and Timmy will disappear and die or something. So that's why she's trying to keep them from having sex, because apparently... It can't be, like, truly in love until they're lovers or whatever. So, fine. That's what's going on there. So, that's what happens. But Charity continues having visions about sex with Miguel because she's actually having visions of what is happening with Miguel and Kay, who is pretending to be Charity. So, they are going to get started, Kay and Miguel. Um... But they are unable to because Charity is so concerned she goes to Miguel's house and when that happens the spell kind of ends and that causes Kay, her uh, Charity disguise, to disappear and she is back to Kay wearing her like snow gear or whatever it was that she was wearing with a hoodie and everything um, and so she hides in the closet. Oh there was something funny though before this happens. Hecuba is talking about Kay doing this. And Hecuba describes this plan as, think of it as Cinderella with a twist. Yeah, yeah. And I'm all with Kay when she says, yeah, a really weird twist. Like, yes, imagine that. Changing who you are to have sex. That wouldn't be in the Disney version of of, uh, Cinderella, that's for sure. (laughs) But yes, while uh, Kay's in the closet, Charity determines of her own accord, the real Charity, that, you know what? Maybe we should have sex. Because we love each other and we care about each other And we don't want to miss out on this opportunity in case, you know, something happens to one of us or whatever, we might as well. And while they're starting to get intimate, Kay says, oh great, I'm stuck in the closet and they're going to do it right in front of me. This writing is so funny. Kay has so many funny things, funny interactions. Like, I feel like her character, like from the beginning should be like crying and screaming mentally if she really is going to be forced to watch this. Kind of like how uh, Teresa does get really upset when she's in the room with um, Ethan and Gwen in their bedroom. But Kay is just kind of comedic. Maybe she's like a comedic relief character almost but a bit more of a straight man than obviously some of the other characters. But I think maybe she's supposed to be funny in some capacity because she doesn't seem to take it that hard that she would potentially have to watch this happen. Um, well, she doesn't have to watch, but she doesn't have to be in the room while it happens. Um, but yeah, what ends up happening next is, for whatever reason, Tabitha, well, Tabitha's watching. She's like, oh no, they're making love, and uh, decides to flip through the window, and that really shocks both of them, so they stop what they're doing and go help Tabitha out because she fell and she's old and whatever. So from that, nothing happens aside from the fact that Miguel, who was very confused initially because he thought Charity was going to have sex with him then she appears in his different clothes and then determines again she wants to have sex with him. Um, They decide it must have been just a dream that he was having initially. So um, yeah, that's how they get out of that. They weasel their way through that plot point. The teens do not have sex though clearly they want to now. So is that going to come up again? Or are they just going to go back to acting like, oh, we're fine not having sex. I don't know. I don't know. But, so that's that kind of story with them. But a little bit more of Tabitha. Um, she's home again. And the tax man returns. Uh, she tries to seduce him and fails because he's very much not interested in that. Um, and in the end, they decide, oh, let's feed him to our friends in the basement. So they do. I'm like, why don't you do it to begin with? I mean, that's not going to be the end of it, but they, you know, another tax man will come. But that's something. Uh, And and as part of this, Timmy finally reveals, hey, uh, HarperCollins wants to buy our book. And even though Talitha had been saying, no, do not. Do not publish this. But at least he told her. So I don't know, like, soon it will be coming out, I guess? I'm not sure. We'll see. So aside from those plots, let's see. What should we get into next? Louise and Sheridan and Hank and all of that business, I guess. So... Nobody notices Sheridan's little finger moving. Pierre comes over for some reason. Oh, I know why. He puts a, a needle in her hand, and I was like, what is he doing? I was very confused. I think it was meant to confirm upon later like episodes that it's meant to confirm that she's dead. Because if she were alive, and she could play dead, but if you get a little needle stuck in your hand, you'd probably react to some capacity, like, ow, or like a little twitch or anything, but she does nothing when this happens so that's how he's like okay she's dead um i think you probably could have maybe also tell by if you take the needle out then like if blood comes out or not i i feel like that's a thing as well um if you're alive the blood will flow out but if you're dead it won't necessarily like that and like from an injury i'm not sure i I could be totally wrong anyway So, of course, everyone finds Pierre and they get all pissed and antsy and angry, but nothing comes of that really because everyone knows Pierre could not be held because they couldn't find proof that he did anything with it, even though everyone knows he did. I I don't know. So yeah, um, that occurs, and and then Pierre leaves again. Somehow he gets out of this big annoyance and problem that he's caused, but whatever, you know, it's fine. after this, though, there's kind of just more discussion between everyone. And Ivy continues to try to calm everybody down, which is always suspicious every time she does it. But whatever. It's fine. Um, Louise just doesn't want to let her go. But eventually, Sheridan is carried away into the uh, actual, like, I guess the outdoor area for the cemetery. And um, they start to bury her And that is when she is buried under the dirt, six feet under, I suppose, that uh, she fully wakes up. It's not like this really slow finger thing to like hand thing to like legs thing. She just fully wakes up at this point and is screaming and scared that she is in here and that she cannot move and that she knows she's buried. Um, And that's terrifying for her already massive, claustrophobia like this is the ultimate nightmare for someone with that so she is freaking out so Ethan like hears her but doesn't do anything about it he's like did you hear that and then that's it um but yeah she's screaming and and very scared um and it's during this that she has like flashbacks and we find out what exactly happened to her no she was not in a coma as i had presumed which i think is this explanation is best because it allows it to make somewhat more sense because if she had like three gunshot wounds she would need very serious medical care (laughs) even if she did survive um but in the case of what happens as we see by her little memories we find out that her and hank when they were alone had a discussion and they discussed a plan to pretend that she is killed and I had thought about this beforehand like why doesn't Hank tell Sheridan what's going on and maybe she can somehow help or something Um, but that's exactly what it is she and him determined a way somehow to pretend that she is dead and that then when everything is taken care of and the men are arrested that she would be freed And this includes her death being faked, her taking a drug so she seems dead, but isn't dead, and then will come back later. It reminds me of uh, whatever the drug is in Romeo and Juliet that uh, I guess Juliet takes. But I don't know if that was a real drug. Maybe it is. But anyway, she takes something so that everyone believes she's dead. Apparently, I don't know how many people are in on it. Um, because apparently, supposedly she got an autopsy as well, but maybe she didn't. Um, cause that'd be the one thing where I'm like, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> um, of course, you know, like what about the people who came in the ambulance? Like, did this drug make her heart totally stop for real? Like, so nobody could do anything about it? I guess. She just like hibernated for a couple hours. I don't think the body can do that, but maybe, I don't know, whatever. It's a, it's a show. It's not real life. Anyway. Like, how did he get this drug? I guess he got it because the FBI man, Hal, was involved. Um, but either way, that's why she wakes up now fully. She was not, I guess, truly shot. She just acted her heart out and took a drug. So kind of explains away some aspects of things there. But the thing is, what we, we come to see is that the Pierre and what's Roger believe that Hank did something and that Sheridan is not dead. Not sure how they have that um, belief but they do so they capture him on the wharf and tie him up and point a gun in his face and he very quickly reveals yes I didn't kill Sheridan and basically says well I wasn't in alone. I'm wearing a wire and the FBI's involved and they're coming to get me blah 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 and he's all smiling um But then they reveal to him, hey, we caught Hal, and here he is with us already. So uh, if that's all, you got nobody to help you, nobody to back you up. For me, I'm thinking, for this plan, would it literally just be Hal, and Hal just keeps it secret from everybody else on his team? No, he should have other people who would know, like, oh, something's up. He hasn't, you know, called back to us or something. We need to go check this out. Like, come on, that's so stupid. That's just literally Hal and a stupid man from Harmony. Please. Um, But yeah, Hank quickly loses his smile because he realizes, oh shit, Um, I'm in trouble. You can never really tell with Hank what's going on. He's just an idiot. (laughs) So yeah, that's where we kind of leave off with them where it's like, oh no, Hank has nobody to help him. And Sheridan's going to die because nobody knows Sheridan is alive. Um, and I guess that could be, though. I'm also curious, like, mm, six feet under of dirt. Could you hear anything through it? I'm very curious. Like, if it's, I, I feel like, no. But I, I, I mean, I really don't know. It's happened before in shows, but I don't know what would be realistic. Anyway, it's a soap opera. And everyone seems to have left already. So there's nobody there to hear Sheridan's cries. And they're very anguished. She must have been like really had a sore throat after this because she's she's really given it her all. She's not faking. She's given some good cries and screams. So, yeah. That's what's going on with stupid Hank. Uh, <laughs> um, but of course while at the funeral and everything, Rebecca catches Louise and tells him all about the romance that has been budding between Ethan and Teresa. Of course, she does it with her conniving evil way. So she makes it sound like this is a whole mistress thing and that they've been frolicking all kinds of ways for a long time. And while it is true that this romance has been budding for a long time, they've certainly never really consummated it in any sense. They have kissed, but that's all. Um, it's still, you know, generally innocent, quote, innocent, in a sense. But Louise at first doesn't want to believe it, of course not. But then he starts to, as she gives like more things that just seem like it's too weird and too specific for her to be making things up. And he rushes home to confront Teresa. Teresa has, while everyone is gone, had a uh, big cardboard images printed <laughs> of her and her mom and her and Luis, and they're these beautiful photos and they're very big. And Luis comes home and he's mad, as you might expect. And he tells Whitney to stay there, but that's like, why would you want Whitney to be here while you explode? Like, this is scary. And he does get scary when he confronts her seriously, like asking someone, in the, you know, someone in the graveyard told me that you and Ethan were together and that's why he did not marry Gwen. And she does, She, to her credit, she does re- confess, yes, you know, we do have something. And, of course, at that point, Luis flies off the handle. He tears up the photo of him and Teresa. He throws the other photo down. It is, and she is cowering. It's so scary. It's like, Luis has always had anger problems. I think it's pretty clear from the show. Um... And I do understand, like, something like this being revealed to you is... Um, it would be very... Yeah, it's very angering. Like, it it very much deserves his anger in a serious way. Because she's been lying to him. And it's with the man he hates and the family he hates so much. And all of that. And he's been, like, lied to. And it's just been going on behind his back. I understand the anger. Um, but the way she's cowering, it's like she's expecting him to hit her. Um... And that's just, like, scary, and I'm like, oh, no, like, that's not a good thing. Um, But that's kind of where that ends. It's kind of, you just see his anger, and again, Whitney is there, like, oh, my God, like, I would feel so freaked out just being there, even though it's not directed at me directly, it's just like, oh, my gosh, I cannot see this. This is, like, private family stuff. I need to leave. I I don't care what he said. If I were Whitney, I would have, like, probably well I guess it depends if I thought he was gonna hurt my best friend but I might like run away and call someone on my cell phone and say like please come here like maybe Pilar like come home something terrible is happening you know I don't know um it's a very high stakes drama but we don't get to see more of that we just get to see his anger flash at the end of the last episode that I watched oh let's see more drama julian gets a letter from alistair and says that it can only be opened in the presence of ethan ivy and sam bennett so this raises many eyebrows and ivy believes that alistair has found out the truth about ethan's birth and that he is going to reveal it to everybody so ivy is sweating bullets as she should be um and i was like because it happened so suddenly i was like what what how did Alistair just decide to do this right now like that's kind of weird so I was like double taking I was very confused but my confusion was I guess unwarranted because what it turns out to be that calms Ivy down quite a bit is it had nothing to do with her and Sam as a couple it had everything to do with what could you think it had to do with Sheridan's will which Timing, it does make sense in that regard because Sharon just died. So yeah, it's Ivy's will and the only thing she really had in it mainly were two things. One thing was that there's gonna be like a foundation for underprivileged or like children or something. And um, that's going to be headed by Ivy and Sam Bennett. So that's one thing and that's why they had to be involved. And why did Ethan have to be involved? It's because she also provided for uh, I guess, money or something to be given to Ethan and Gwen's children. And she did specify Gwen in this writing. The thing is, to me, I don't know that it necessarily means anything because, I mean, look at it. I don't know when she wrote this will, but, you know, she, that is just the obvious conclusion to go to that Ethan and Gwen were going to be together forever because they'd always been together. Um... If she had written it later, maybe she would have phrased it differently, like Ethan's children just plain, that's it. Because um, that's how she phrases it for the foundation as well. She's like Ivy and the chief of Harmony Police, which could be Sam, could be someone else. So I don't know why she phrases it specifically as Gwen, but I guess it's just the obvious assumption to make. Um, one thought that I was having during this whole thing is, is Sheridan independently wealthy of her own accord? Why is she giving money within the Crane family? seems a little bit weird to me. Um, I guess I don't know how wealthy families do things because I'm not wealthy. Um, But I kind of always thought there was just like a massive like trust or estate in which case it's all everybody's money and ownings. um, I thought. So like giving money to yourself is kind of goofy. Um, Unless this is just money she has been kind of saving on her own terms from probably, you know, from the family money but like just on her own and she because I'm okay the Cranes Julian and Alistair absolutely would they not intentionally with no ulterior motives create a foundation for like underprivileged or sick children absolutely not so Sheridan doing this is meaningful and a you know nice use for the funds but I'm just curious like what kind of funds they are they're not the family's funds they're her funds whatever That's her wish, and hopefully she will get it granted. Of course, this potentially sets up scenarios for Ivy and Sam to be together a lot more frequently because, of course, they're going to be directly involved as, like, the co-chairs or whatever of this thing. So, yeah, could be something happening there. I don't know. Let's see, what else has been going on? Aside from that, of course, I mentioned in the intro, and there's not too much of this, but there is some of it, that Whitney and Chad are just going at it. Chad continuously is trying to, like, be getting her to be honest with herself, but she just will not. Whitney's just freaking out, like, oh, you only want sex. And Chad's like, where do you get this idea from? Like, I've never said that. That's just, like, your assumption of what all men, I guess? Um... But unfortunately, nothing really good happens between them. Aside from like the last thing I saw was Chad plays a romantic song for Whitney in the book cafe. But I don't think anything really happens from that, from what I recall. Um, Interestingly, I think a couple of the adults are in the book cafe as well. Um, Eve and Grace and TC are there. And TC has the suggestion that, hey, you know, what if we run a DNA test on Chad? And like, we can look through the data and maybe we'll be able to find his parents. So Eve like brings up, that's not strictly legal. Um, and everyone's like, ha you can just pull through strings, right Eve? Um, so maybe that's gonna happen. Eve did like briefly think about when Ivy said, Chad is your son, but she continues to discount that. So maybe she'll be fine to actually do the DNA test, but then what will happen? Like she'll do it and then she'll find it's like her DNA be like oh my god like what's gonna happen I don't know what's gonna happen there maybe nothing maybe this is just a little aside that's never gonna come up again who can say but yeah those are kind of I believe the main things going on the thing that really confused me with, then I was like okay was how Sheridan was just pretending to be dead um, that was kind of unexpected for me but I, I do appreciate that because it does make sense of a lot of things that should not make sense like her getting shot 30 times and being alive curious how they fake the uh everything else there but I mean maybe that'll be explained in time or maybe it won't I don't know either way that was my time with the latest episodes of passions well latest 361 to 366 I am looking forward to seeing what comes next. I'm curi- very curious about Luis and Teresa. Like, what is going to go down right there? Because that that where it left things was very frightening, honestly. The secret letter that Alistair gave, that seems to be diffused, at least for now, because it wasn't what Ivy thought it was. Um, Whitney and Chad, I, they could continue to do this game for five million more years. So I'm not really, you know, super enthralled or invested right now because it's just like sad constantly how Chad just keeps getting put down basically. It's very sad. I am curious as to see what's going to happen with Hank. Were there other FBI agents coming? Is Louise going to just suddenly appear and help them? Of course, the number one thing I'm curious about is how is Sheridan going to get out of that coffin? Uh, what's going to happen? No way she could be killed at that point after all this fake death. I don't think they'd really kill her right now, so I'm very curious to know how Sheridan gets out of that predicament. Um, I don't think she's going to be able to open the coffin lid and claw herself out, so I'm curious who's going to discover her or who's going to save her at the last minute. I guess we'll find out. Either way, uh, that is the latest episode of Passion for Passions, and I will be back in two weeks with another episode.